Suns pre and post game host on uh, Valley Sports Arizona, the one and only Tom Leander, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Tom, how are you holding up? Formerly Valley Sports Arizona. That's correct. Channel three, Channel Five. Come on. That's correct. That's the profile. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm I'm lagging on uh, on that information. My bad, Tom. Um, right. Suns uh, last night. I you know I know you've watched Suns basketball for a long time. As I, have I. I told Bick that that was one of the more frustrating games that I can remember watching for a number of different reasons. But frustration doesn't mean hopelessness, and I don't see the Suns as you know dead in this series at all. What were your takeaways from from Game Two? No, I mean, they improved in the areas they needed to improve on. They cut back on the offensive rebounds by Denver. They shut down the three-point line except for KCP. So, um, you know, I thought through three quarters they looked very good. And then, of course, you have the Chris Paul injury. And this is just not a team built to sustain an injury to one of their four superstars. So um, that's going to be very problematic moving forward. But, you know, I I think I don't. I don't really bitch about the reps a whole lot, but I did last night. I mean, there were just so many calls that we needed desperately. I think the one where Jock Landale had a tip in and they said it yeah. was down on the floor and <laughs> didn't give him the three-point play opportunity. I mean, things like little things like that when the Suns needed every break they could get. But, I mean, they were in the game until the very end. But when you see, you know, Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray struggling the way they did, I think they finished a combined like 5 of 22 from the field and we still lose by 10. I mean, that was a golden opportunity, as everybody knows, for the Suns to split the first two games. All right, Monty Williams has got two significant issues here. He's got three days to figure this stuff out. What do you think he might want to do about point guard and bench rotation? Well, you got to go with campaign. That's my thought. I know he was, what, one for seven last night and hasn't looked real sharp, but you can see the energy that he puts on the floor for this team and just, they need confidence. I mean, that, and he's a guy that, you know, usually brings the confidence. And I think in a starting role with more minutes, um, that's going to be critical for the Suns. Defensively, I think they did everything they needed to do, and they're going to need more than four points off their bench. I don't know how he creates that uh, other than giving minutes to Terrence Ross. I think a lot of people out there feel like, he should be a guy first off the bench. I mean, the Suns just don't have a sixth or seventh man. Every other team has one or two guys off the bench that they can count on every game. The Suns fans don't know who's going to be coming off the bench at all. And you look at the Denver Nuggets, they're just a well-oiled machine. They've been together all season, and they have three guys who come off the bench. I mean, we used to criticize Mike D'Antoni for having a rotation that tight. But they have three guys that know they're going to be playing 15 to 26 minutes. I mean, you have the two Browns and Jeff Green. So Monty's got to settle in on two or three significant bench guys are going to be in there that know they're going to be on the floor. Um, and I think that's going to give them a better chance to win. Tom Leander, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Morning. Staying on that subject, I use the word auditioning. And, and I agree with everything you just said, but for Monty Williams, it can't be that easy to just identify those three players that are going to play those bench roles because this this has been a weakness for the Suns all season long. And, you know, you're in game 89, Tom, and you're still auditioning guys to take one of those roles in a crucial playoff series. That is not an enviable place to be in. I think they're in game 16 with Kevin Durant. This is a, this has never happened as far as moving a superstar midseason, and then you know all the odds makers saying, "Oh, the Suns are NBA Finals favorites." Right when they get Kevin Durant, this this has never happened. You don't see. I mean, Dick would appreciate this. It's like uh, you know Bruce Springsteen bringing the E Street Band together, and all of a sudden expecting to hear Badlands and Born to Run. I mean, it doesn't happen. It takes time. So <laughs> uh-huh. you know, it's it, it's it, it's going to be in my mind maybe until next season, but. 
can magic happen? You know, can a spark hit? Can KD and Book just carry this team? Because that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and when I take a look here um, in terms of uh, physicality around there and, and what the Suns need to do in terms of crashing the boards and, and controlling the pace of the game, I, I've got a feeling that for all, for as much as I respect Chris Paul, there might be some hidden benefits in, in, in upping the tempo, in pushing the ball a little faster, in, in changing that look up. Because to be honest with you, there are times when it, when it seems like Chris Paul is vulnerable out there and and maybe they can turn this into a positive do you do you buy any of that oh 100 percent. you know that's why i was so excited to see campaign come back and inject that pace uh in the sun's attack i mean they need that so badly i mean get book and durant out on the on the wings you know because it's the same thing i feel like you're seeing too Vic, is that you know with chris paul out there and he was playing really well before the injury right before the injury had a couple of really nice shots got to his sweet spot um but the suns are no longer playing 0.5 it's more like 9.5. It's a lot of (laughs) ISO basketball. And I just, you know, I miss that movement and curling around screens. And uh, I just think they're so much easier to defend. And Booker and KD are targets when they're pounding the ball. Tom Leander, our uh, guest here, is the pre- and post-game host on the uh, Suns television broadcast. And uh, Suns down 0-2. Uh, I did a little research, Tom. Uh, this is the this will be the 17th time that the Suns are down 0-2 in a playoff series. Um, they've only won one of the previous 15, and that was the infamous 93 first-round uh, matchup against the Lakers where they were down 0-2. Paul Westfall made the speech, and they, they pulled out three straight to win that series. So it's not an enviable play. Place to be in, but this isn't going to come down to speeches. I, I think for me, this comes down to you know some some role players identifying how important they are, playing with more confidence. And you know, Bick and I were talking about it too. I don't think we're going to see another ten for twenty seven game from Kevin Durant in a close game that's in the balance down the stretch. Do you? No, I don't. I think you nailed it too, Vince. I mean, it's confidence. Suns bench players have not been playing with confidence. You look at the Denver Nuggets three bench guys that I mentioned. I mean, they come in with starters confidence. That's huge. I mean, those minutes, everybody's monitoring the plus minus of when Jokic is on the bench and when the Suns go to their bench. I mean, if we can identify, like I said, those two or three guys, and I think Terrence Ross really needs to be one of them. I think he's, you know, an above average defender at times. He's not, you know, obviously a lockdown defender, but, you know, he's certainly a guy that you, you just need a shot. You need more offensive weapons out there to move that Denver defense around. And I think that you're going to see it, you know, different Suns teams, certainly on their home floor. The fans, as Monty had said in your soundbite leading into this segment, I mean, they are going to be absolutely huge. And they always are. And, you know, Denver was propelled by them, especially in the fourth quarter. So, you know, Suns come back home and they can very well win the next two games. But, again, to go all the way to a title right now to expect that, you can hope for it, but, you know, let's see what happens in these next two games. But, you know, I feel pretty good about it. And like you said, with campaign out there, if he gets his 32, 35 minutes, uh, this is going to be a different looking team. Yeah, and, and I, I personally think campaign is capable capable of this because he's one of those guys that, that his confidence will not be deterred, deterred and he will fire and shoot the ball. Um, when you look else, elsewhere, DeAndre Ayton, he had a good bounce back performance last night. How much more can the Suns get from him now? Now to maybe to maybe kind of get back into the series. 
Hmm, that's a good question, man. I thought I, we saw a very good version of Aiton last mm-hmm. night. Is it great? No, but I think, you know, it's enough um, with Busy and Jock thrown in there. So, um, you know, more of the maybe mid-range, you know, we always want him to attack the basket as much as possible, get to the free throw line. I mean, my goodness, the Suns, no free throws in the first half. So, um, you know, I think if we get the DA that we saw last night, I mean, that's enough. It needs to come from other spots. And, you know, campaign, like you mentioned, he's that guy that brings the spirit. And I thought that trade with Brooklyn, we lost some of our soul and some of our spirit um, and energy before the game, during the game. So I think that injection is going to make a huge difference. Yep. Uh, we shall see. Tom, thanks so much for the time and the insight. Good to talk hey, to you, Tom. man.